0: Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. You know what? We're on a a series, our Heart for the House series. And um, we do this every single year. But maybe by a show of hands, who has not been here for a year? Maybe just lift your hands. Okay, so there's lots of people who haven't been here for a year, which is wonderful. Welcome here. It's great to have you, and it's great for you to be a part of what's going on here. Heart for the House, ever since I've been a part of the church, we've had a, a Heart for the House series, and this one is tagged the greatest of all time, GOAT. I had to explain that to my wife if you were here last week. She's like, what does GOAT mean? Like, what does that even mean? I was like, it's the greatest of all time, sweetheart being a sports fanatic. Anyways, um, and so we believe that God's house, his church, which is not just a building, but it's actually you and I, we believe that, that that is, we are actually the greatest of all time, not in a prideful way, not in a way that's like, look at us, we're so fine, but because of what Jesus has done, he has actually established the greatest thing of all time on the planet, and that is his church, which is us. So we, we want to take, take time every year to talk about having and developing a heart for God's house, uh, which is his church. And so last week, my wife started us off, and she started us off with um, uh, talking about spiritual unity. And not unity when it comes to uniformity. Oh, we all think the same. We're all brainwashed the exact same way. That's not it. It's actually unity through diversity, which is... That's what God did right from the very start uh, of, the, of, of the Bible when the Holy Spirit fell and uh, 3,000 were added. Could you imagine that? 3,000 people in one day were added, and they were from all different places, all different languages they spoke. That'd be, that'd be some diversity. Okay, so what I want to talk to you today about is having... I want to continue to talk about unity, but actually through community. Now, community is one of those things... That, you know, we, we hear it all the time. We, we hear it from politicians. We want to just make and build a strong community, which, of course, we do. And we hear it in church. It's like we want to have a strong community of believers. But sometimes in my mind, it's just like a throwaway word. I don't know if you find that, but I find it for myself. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have just a great community. It's like, what does that actually mean for us to be a healthy, strong, thriving community in a culture and a world right now? that really doesn't have too much semblance of community even whatsoever. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I do want to give a bit of a disclaimer as well with this message. Um, over the last 20 months since COVID kind of began, we as a staff, we've been discovering all sorts of different things. One of the things that we knew we did not do very well was rest well. And we're, I'm still working on it. It's one of those things that's like learning to pace life. and, and uh, But... But John Mark Comer is a pastor from Bridgetown Church, and uh, they've actually just, uh, so some of this message is actually taken from what they have as well when it comes to community, because we've been, we've been, you know, following a few things that they've been teaching, which is really exciting. So I just want to give that disclaimer, so if someone's listening and being like, I've heard portions of this before, that's where it's coming from. So, are you guys okay? Okay, you're ready to go? Good, I have, I have, I'm looking at my time clock, I'm ready to go. So let's talk about community. What does biblical community look like? Well, Ephesians 4, 1-4 says this. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking about just like working together, being with people. So it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. That's pretty sweet. Like, we have all been called by God. That's not just like for the super spiritual or an elect few. Everyone in this room has been called by God. Whether we answer that call or not is up to you. Um, Always be humble. So he gets right to it. And gentle. Okay, we're talking about community. Always be humble and gentle. Think about about our current state right now. Am I being humble? I asked that question, I'm like, probably not. Am I being gentle? Uh, not really. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. He's just digging in right now. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. It's not even make, making allowance for your, each other's differences. It's their faults because of your love. Uh, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So this is, to me, this is is a template right here that's going to help us actually understand and live in community in a way that is the way God designed us to. And so... You know, you read that, and it's funny sometimes, like, as a Christian, I've been a Christian. I'm 40 years old, and I've been a Christian since I've been four. So 36 years, I've been a Christian, and I've heard a lot of Bible verses, and I've heard a lot of different teachings. And it's funny how you hear certain things, and it just falls into this category in your mind where it's like, I've heard that, and you stop listening to it. I don't know if you can relate to that. But I I, I feel that way. And so when you read that verse, you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Let's just do that. Let's be humble and gentle and, and just, you know, let's chill out with people it's super tough. If, uh, community is one of the hardest things ever, I think. You just take two people. You can take a friendship. In my case, take a marriage. And I look at one perspective and my wife looks at another perspective. She's like, what are you talking about? That's insane. I don't even believe that you see that that way. And it's just, that's just two people. Look at this room. Look at all the combinations right here. This is crazy that God actually had this plan. I actually think it's legitimately crazy that God said, I'm going to blend these people together. And they're going to be my representation on this planet. What in the world were you thinking, God? I think I, I honestly think it's crazy. And then over the last 20 months, add in all just like the misunderstanding and just like the misconception and then just just the idea of like, well, what is even truth these days? It's so difficult, you know, and I I think, and I don't want to skip over this part because I do think it's helpful to acknowledge where we could be at. If I'm being honest, I'm pretty disappointed. Not like, I'm not just like looking at society. I'm just saying in my own life, I'm kind of just disappointed where things have gotten to. And, and, like, my own perspectives, as I was preparing for this, I was like, I have so many messed up perspectives right now that God needs to just rearrange in my own heart. I need to humble myself. I actually need to humble myself. So I want to talk just for a few moments, just about disappointment, just because it is actually, I think it's a very, <clears throat> excuse me, a very real thing in our lives right now. Some of you, and you're probably going to relate to, like, one to all of these? Who knows? Some, some of you had just graduated high school. You had big plans. You had real big plans. You had things lined up with, sc- with, with a post-secondary school, or maybe you graduated post-secondary school, and you had something lined up, a great job, a great opportunity, and just boom, gone. Just gone. That's disappointing. Others, you know, you had your life savings. And, oh, this actually eats at me. The fact that you stored up And it's not just about storing up. The fact that you work so hard and then shut down and lockdown after shutdown and just watching people wither has been hard. Wow, I didn't know that was inside me. (laughs) Just got to get it out. It's hard. The fact of the matter is that's hard to watch that in people. Businesses that people built for, they might be generational businesses that just Turned to ash. You know, others had big extravagant wedding plans. Didn't happen. Or it happened way different than you thought. Or maybe celebrating, you know, big milestones and you were just waving at people through a window. That doesn't even feel human to me. And I'm not negating the fact that we have a crisis. I'm not negating that. Jeez Louise. (laughs) But it... I guess, here, bring me some of that Kleenex there, Michelle. Just bring me the box. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's just kind of funny. But I guess, you know, as a pastor, sat with so many people, seen so much disappointment, so much hurt, and it's real. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been some extravagantly wonderful things from this season. Reconnecting with family in a way that you hadn't before. Slowing down, taking the, getting off the rat race. You know, I have so many other things I was going to say here, but I'm literally just not going to say them because I'm just going to weep the whole time. Ultimately, we have experienced so much loss. We have actually experienced loss, disappointment, frustration, anger. We've been hurt and we have left, been left feeling hopeless sometimes. What can we even do? You know, and we've experienced all this in such a short amount of time, and most of us had to do it without community, or had to do it in a way that we didn't want to do it. We wanted to do it differently, and we weren't able to. Okay, so that's like the sad part. Let's just move, let's move on from there. Uh, you know, but there are some, this, here. here's the reality of where we're at. There are some very real things that have happened in our own hearts that have developed just naturally, unless we've been very careful to guard our hearts, and that is dehumanizing people. That one of them is, we, because of isolation and because of just these cracks and things that have been happening, we've actually dehumanized people. We look at people through screens or we just look at feeds and we judge people, and I've been doing this too, and we look at their perspective without actually knowing them, right? We write people off we're not looking in a person's eyes we're not sitting across in a room from each other relating we're just we're just you know it's through screens and text and pictures and we dehumanize people and we write people off second thing or another thing is and a result of isolation is pride you know in that scripture it says be humble and the exact opposite has happened i believe i think for myself at least maybe you can relate I've developed a callousness on my own heart that has said, I think I know best. And um, you know what? It doesn't matter. We, we could take every single person's opinion in this room and in this world, and no one has the perfect opinion. Because no one is meant to have the perfect opinion. We're meant to have opinions that work together and that we actually listen to each other and we have perspective My wife did talk about some closed-handed, open and closed-handed issues last last week. You know, Jesus, the only way to the Father. That's a closed-handed issue. But there's so many other opinions about so many other things, and we have developed a callousness on our own hearts, I believe. Um, And we think we know best, um, but we're not sitting in a room with a person a lot of times. You know, we're having an argument online or wherever it might be. And um, pride in community sees the wrongs, of others without identifying their weaknesses. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, only love gets close enough to know. I think that's really cool. Love gets close enough to know. As you get close to somebody, you begin to know. You might not share their, their perspective, but you do, yeah, you, get to, you actually get to know them and you can appreciate them, even if, yeah. So anyways, so what do we do? What do we do? Hebrews 10, I love the Bible, Hebrews 10, 25 This is Paul's like passive-aggressive type of comment. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I don't know how he really wrote it, but that's how I saw it. Some people, they're not meeting. Let's not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do you show up to gatherings here in this physical room or other places through the the week with encouragement inside of you? Do you know what encouragement is? It's simply courage that you have built up in your own spirit, and you give it away. You give your courage I heard a pastor speak, and I really related to it. He said, at the end of Sunday, I am just wiped. I have nothing left. He's like, I've, I've encouraged. I've given all the courage that I could muster away, and I need to go recharge. And so we need to be thinking the same way when we, when we, when we look at biblical community. So let's not miss the simplicity of this, of, of simply just gathering together. How do we, I love these, these statements, how do we get the world's attention, make disciples, and form a counterculture, and reap a spiritual harvest? We keep getting together. How do we deposit courage in one another, survive hardship, embrace joy, raise healthy children, and conquer loneliness? We keep getting together. How do we live missionally and serve the poor and overturn the tables of injustice and welcome the lost into the family and see the kingdom come in Leduc and region as it is in heaven? We keep getting together. It is actually simple. We are meant to gather. Now, of course, there's all sorts of different things going on right now that make gathering a little more challenging, but it's still possible. And even just you prioritizing this moment right now to be in this room, well done. This is important. And God is actually doing something in all of us, which I think is so cool that he can do all that through just, just us being together like this. So, we keep getting together. This is not the, this is not the, the ultimate end, but it is the key ingredient that binds every, everything else together. Only love gets close enough to know. Now, Richard Helverson, who is a pastor and he was a chaplain for the United States Senate, he said this, and I thought this was just really insightful. Christianity began in Galilee as a fellowship of men and women centered on Jesus. It went to Greece and became a philosophy. It went to Rome and became an institution. It went to Europe and became a culture. And it went to America and it became an enterprise. And I know that's a generalization, but I, kind of, I really felt that prior to COVID happening, that I'm not just saying church was this, just this big enterprise, but it kind of felt that way when things stopped. I was like, whoa, what are we doing here? You know, our hearts were in it as leaders and as a church, but I felt like, man, did we get off track a little bit? You know, I believe that we need to get back to our roots, and our roots are more fruitful. And I'm just talking about simple community. Our, our roots are more fruitful They're more powerful, more compelling, but let me tell you, it's slower. It takes time, and it's way more expensive. I'm not talking just financially. It costs us all. As the church, it costs us. um, the, the uh, The more expensive, because the cost is shared by all of us, this requires sacrificial, present love from every last one of us. This is a lot less to do with coming and checking a box on a Sunday or whatever day it might be or, or just fulfilling, you know, a Christian obligation that you, you might have had and been in a rhythm with. This, this is actually about, like, committing our lives to following Christ. Did you know this is actually really, this is really interesting when it comes to um, the, the word Christian and the word disciple? Uh, the word Christian is used in the New Testament three times. And the word disciple is used 268 times. And Christian tends to mean someone who believes or agrees with Jesus' theory. Okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. This is kind of a crazy thing. Jesus made the invitation to people individually. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. And then what happened? It's like all these people showed up, but they're kind of like, oh. I don't like that Peter guy. He is pretty abrasive. You know, like that's what happened in real life. Oh, this guy is like, he's super passive aggressive. He's always so melancholy. She's this, she's that, right? And what happens when we actually begin to bring our lives under the lordship of Jesus and say, I am willing to give all of my life to his leadership. And I will apprentice under him on, as, as a disciple, and so, as I mentioned, we do this every year. Uh, we talk about heart for the house and developing a heart for the house. And, you know, it's, you cannot separate. Actually, it's, it's impossible to follow Jesus the way he desires us and instructs us to. It's impossible to follow him while separating, like following Jesus but, but being separated from the church. He called, like, it's one in the same. It's connected. And in our North American culture, We now have, you know, we have all these podcasts and all this. You can listen to the best worship music online, way better than what we can do in a room. It's so gorgeous. so so wonderful. You can listen to the most stunning, most incredible preachers. But that's not what being a Christian is. Yeah, those things are helpful. But Christianity is actually laying our lives down and following Jesus with others. You're committing to doing life in community with others. And so, you know, I do want to give another quick disclaimer. You might be like first time here or like checking out the church or you might not even know. It's like I don't even know if I know who Jesus really is yet. I don't know if I really am following him or even want to follow him. That's okay. You can be here and you can be a part of what God is doing here and, and there is no pressure. Um, but I do, on the flip side, um, want you to understand, if you consider city life home, and this is where it's starting to get expensive. This is where the expense is going to start, start, and this, like Melissa said, you know, sometimes you don't like saying these things. This is where it's it's coming. (laughs) But if you consider City Life home and family, then I want you to understand what it fully means to participate as a disciple of Christ. And so here's, you know, in the last four minutes that I have here today, I've got five commitments that, uh, that, that, you know, that we ask family to make. And so the number one thing, it's our vision statement, which is practicing the way of Jesus. You hear it in our service intro be with Jesus become like Jesus, and carry on the mission of Jesus. The first thing that you commit to is practicing the way of Jesus. You say, I am going to take time to be with Jesus. I'm going to take time to become like Jesus. And I am going to carry on the mission of Jesus. And all those things can be done uh, in community. And so can you make that commitment? That's just, you know, that's, that's an expensive cost. That, that means you're prioritizing your life. The second thing is commit to being together in Leduc and area. Well, what does that actually mean? That means actually physically. Now, okay, I understand our times. So, you know, when you can physically gather, however you can physically gather, do it. Um, But actually committing to community is so important. We do have connect groups. And I'm just going to be honest. Like, Just like every church that I listen to, like online and to talk to other pastors, churches, there's been a great kind of like shuffle and there's been lots of people who have left. There's lots of people who come. Things are kind of all over the place. People are kind of fatigued from like, it's on, it's off. You're doing this, we're doing that. So I get we're kind of in like this like, limbo state of, like, what is actually happening? But let me just say, as a church, we are committed to building healthy communities where you can actually join and learn and grow and eventually share meals together and worship together. And that's going to look very different for all sorts of different people. But uh, I want to invite you to commit to growing together with people in the ways of Jesus. Number three is gather on Sundays. Now, I'm so glad that we can gather online and I'm also glad that we can physically have this building open, which is, which is amazing. Can I tell you, there is something, I was just telling the worship team before we came out, we are the church. Like this building, there's nothing special about it. You know, we worked hard to make it nice, but there's nothing special about this building. The powerful thing, when we physically gather in this room, there is something that changes in the atmosphere because we are the church. And when we when, when we come into this room and we begin to open our mouths in unity, declaring the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, and declaring what he has done, and, and even when we bring our sorrow, and when, when we bring our pain, the Holy Spirit begins to work in our midst. And so it's so important, if, if, if you can physically gather Please come gather on a Sunday. I believe that it is so important when it comes to building God's—not just building God's house, but being His church. And so gathering is gathering is essential. And you know what? Like it, this is the way we go back to our roots. It's kind of crazy when you see—and I'm not talking about like every single hour of every day—we're just meeting together, huddled up. That's not it. There's a coming and a going, and there's a as we gather and we celebrate. Uh, the fourth thing is is find a place to serve. I know JD had that QR code there online um, or on the screen there, and let me tell you, just like if you want to find a place to serve, you know what? Every single team needs somebody to serve. If we have a drummer out there, come along. Keys players, come along. <laughs> Putting those plugs in there. My daughter's gonna show up in twenty seconds and tickle those ivories right away. This is going to be great. Sorry, I, I can, if you don't know me, I do get off track very easily, so. <laughs> can I invite you to serve? And even, even if you're just like, I don't even know what to do, can I invite you, if you have not taken our next steps track, it's an online, it's an online four-week course. You can knock them all out in, in, in an afternoon if you really want. Go through that. And um, I think it could, I know it could actually be very helpful. Or if you just want to talk to phys- someone physically, you can go. We have a next steps area back there too. So, and then the heavy hitter at the end here, give financially. Pastor, Pastor Melissa encouraged us encouraged us uh, to give financially. I don't know one person that says, oh, I really value this, but doesn't put any money towards it. Like that just doesn't exist. So, I mean, that sounds kind of harsh, but it is a bit of a litmus, litmus test. It's like if you have the ability, the, kind of the watermark for like, biblical generosity is giving 10% of your income. Now, when you hear that number, people, some people might be like, oh my goodness, that is intense. You know what? Start with like half a percent or 1%. Start somewhere. The, the thing that God is concerned about is he's not concerned about the amounts that you're giving. He's concerned about the heart that is stewarding what is in your hand. And you might be on the other end of the spectrum being like, you know what, I've had auto deposits, or not deposits, auto, whatever they are, withdrawals, pff, thank you, I've had those for years, and it, I don't even really notice it, maybe you could work yourself too, I've heard of people who have been like at a 90 or 95% of giving their income, and live on, why not? It's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry. It's not my plan. It's God's plan. It's, it's, he, it's, it's just the way, it's just the way, it's just what he asks us to do. So, are you playing there? Oh, yeah. She probably was playing, but it wasn't unmuted. Is that the case? No. Okay. I showed her a little progression that I thought would be nice to play beforehand. Do you know music changes the atmosphere? I love it. So anyways, so those are the things I've, uh, yeah, you kind of got a little bit of everything. You got a bit of a sob fest this morning and uh, some joy and hopefully some encouragement. This is not like, to me, this is more like we're planning for a long trip opposed to like a day trip. We're planning for like, let's cross the ocean and discover new lands type of trip. That's the kind of mentality I have. What could God do with, I don't know how many people are in this room, say 125 or 150. What could God do with 150 willing hearts that just say, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to always be humble. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be patient with, with one another. Making allowance for each other's faults, not even differences, faults. Even when people screw up, you know what? It's not just about like sweeping something on the rug and say, like, oh, that doesn't matter. But it's like, I love you. Let's work through this together. I think it could be powerful. The final verse in Ephesians 4 31 to 32, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, the great thing is that we don't have to try to muster this up on our own. If I tried to just be forgiving on my own, let me tell you, it's rotten. The due date has long passed in my own heart. But God is the one, He is the one, it says, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We are actually even able to give because of what Christ has done. And so... You know, the final question that I have for you before I just invite you to stand would be, God, how are you calling me to live in community? That's really the question that we all have to ask ourselves. It's not how are you asking my spouse or my friend or my neighbor? God, how are you, ca- how are you calling me to live in community? And I believe as the Spirit begins to prompt our hearts and stretch our hearts, ideas, creativity, grace and love and humility will begin to flow You know, in our community, which is City Life Church. And uh, I think that's pretty exciting. So I want to invite you to stand up. And, um, you know, Jesus, the cool thing, he was the ultimate gentleman. He was never like, hey, you got to do this. And forcing people to do things. He always just gave simple invitations. And he left that with With the the person he was giving the invitation to. So today I want to extend the same invitation to you as Jesus did years ago to those first first disciples. And in some cases he just said, like he walked up to a person was just like, Follow me. Like that was it. Follow me. And there's a lot more context behind that. We can unpack that another day. But simply he said, Do you want the life? Not that you've always dreamed of necessarily but the life that God has dreamed for you. Because our dreams a lot of times are shattered, a lot of times are broken. But let me tell you, God's dreams for us and his intentions for every single soul in this room and every single soul that can hear my voice, he has great plans for you. And they are not, they are not meant to be isolated, individualistic plans God has plans for us, his church. And so simply, if you want to follow Jesus, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer that just starts the process to acknowledging the fact that I want to surrender my life in humility to Jesus and say, I want to follow you for all the days of my life. So I just want to invite you, even you can close your eyes. And we're just going to pray this together. And I just want to invite you to pray after me. And if that's you who's just praying this prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, I want to invite you, pray that from your heart. God hears your heart and he knows what is going on inside of you. So let's just pray together. Let's say, Jesus, I come to you and I bring my surrender. You are Lord. You are King. You are the Master. Your ways are higher than my ways, and your thoughts are above my thoughts. So I give my life to you today. I want to follow you. Would you forgive me for all my sin and give me a brand new start today? In Jesus' name, and a faith-filled church said together, amen. Come on, let's just celebrate just for a moment.